Good morning. Welcome to Jesus in Coffee with Pastor Tom, where we have a little bit of coffee and a lot of Jesus. We are in 2 John chapter 1, looking at verse 4 and 5 this morning. So let's jump right into Scripture. Now, we talked yesterday that this letter, this letter of 2 John, most, most likely is written by the Apostle John, the, the same beloved disciple uh, that we read about in the Gospels, that wrote a Gospel. And he is older in age, and he is writing 1st, 2nd, 3rd John to different, most likely, most likely different churches. But it's to cover similar issues. And so we know it's the same author for 1st, 2nd, 3rd John because of how similar the writing is. There's just, it's got to be the same person. It's got to be the same person. So this letter is being written to um, the elect lady and her children, which most scholars agree that that is probably a house church, a church which all the churches met in homes early on. In the first hundred years, there were no church buildings built. These churches were groups of people that met in in homes, typically of homes of wealthy believers because it was big, it was a big house. And so this elect lady was probably a wealthy person and the children referred to up here are probably the believers, okay? And so John's writing to this, this house church, and the big issue he's going to be dealing with, it's going to sound a whole lot like 1 John, but there's more emphasis on dealing with false teaching and what to do and how to protect your church from becoming corrupted by false teaching. That's a lot of what 2 John is about. And we're going to see we're going to see that. We're going to walk through that. And we're going to talk about that. Um, because the method and the direction and the guidance that this apostle gives this church is not what a lot of churches do today, which is not good. <laughs> because there's a reason that he did he he um, counseled them this way. And there's there's a reason why we need to also uh, accept this counsel in this day and time. Okay, so verse 4, let's start reading there. John says, I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. Okay, emphasis here on some. That means that there's some people in this church who are not walking in truth, according to John. So he's, he's excited, he's happy that there's a good number of these believers, these children here, that are walking in truth, okay, walking in the light, just as we were commanded by the Father. Okay, who's the Father? Capital F there, we're talking about God. The commands of God, those commands came through Jesus Christ. We have the Word become flesh and dwelt among us, as John writes in the Gospel. That's what he's referring to. So this command from the Father, these commands, came to us through the Son, Jesus Christ. And that has not changed. What Jesus brought, what he taught, has not changed since then. That's what John's saying. Listen, I know it's been 30, 40, 50 years, however long it's been, since Jesus was on earth. He's ascended into heaven. What, I, what you learned at the beginning, what I learned at the beginning, nothing's changed. Okay, The truth has been the same truth. Nothing has changed. And you were commanded by the Father, and you are being obedient to those commands. 
the result of being obedient to God the Father's commands is that you walk in truth. And that brings joy to John. Okay? Here in verse 4, again, we see this connection between obedience over here and love. Okay? There's this connection between obedience and love. And that is extremely important because I believe the church today in many ways is misunderstanding that. So verse 5, And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment. I'm not bringing you anything new. That's what John's saying. Listen, there's no change to the direction and the doctrines and teachings that we taught you when you first got saved and this church started. Okay? I'm not bringing you anything new. But there's one I want to bring up and really want to emphasize that you have from the beginning. This is not the beginning of, of time per se. This is the beginning of the church. Okay, the beginning when, when a missionary came to your town and preached to you, lady, and you got saved, and then a bunch of other people got saved, and y'all all started to church at your house, that's the beginning that John's referring to. So in the beginning, when, you, when all of you heard the gospel, Nothing has changed. I'm not bringing you a new commandment. But here's, here's the thing that we emphasized then, and I want to bring it back up now. And that is that we love one another, right? There's two great commandments. Love God with all your heart. That's the greatest. Everything hinges on that. The second one is to love others. Now, it's a second commandment because it piggybacks on the first commandment. You can't properly love other people unless you truly are loving God and seeking Him first. Now, you can have superficial love, a fake love, uh, a love that faintly reflects true love, but it's not real love unless it's connected to God. Okay. Now, here's the thing, and I said this yesterday, and we're going to see this theme throughout this letter. But John puts this huge emphasis on obedience and love and their connection. In John's eyes, what he teaches us, starting here in these first few verses, and what he teaches through 2 John, he teaches it in 1 John too. I preached a sermon on it week before last. But John teaches that you cannot have true love without obedience. Obedience is necessary for love. Okay? Otherwise, it's not a godly love. You can love wrongly. That's right. You can love in the wrong way. Well, how so? You can love something so much that you love it more than God. That makes it a sinful love. When you put anything else in creation before God, which means you cherish it more than God, you love it more than God, you have loved in sin. Okay? So true love, real love, is to put God first. And the way we put God first is by being obedient to His commands. Right? So when you're not obedient to God, and you disobey Him, which means if He gives you a command... Let's say he gives you 10 command, ten commandments, okay? And you're okay with, with rejecting nine of them, but there's one of them that you really desire and you want. And even though you know he, does, he doesn't want you to, to attain it, 
and he doesn't want you to pursue it, you still do it anyway, okay? Then you're not loving God. You're disobeying God. If you love God and want to love God with all your heart and you're seeking to love God with all your heart, even the commands that you aren't that you would be okay with, that even you desire, yet you know God says they're wrong, you embrace them, you don't really love God. Okay? Obedience is necessary for love. You can't say you love God and then disobey him over here. And that's the point John's getting at here, okay? I'm not writing you a new commandment, but one we had from the beginning, that we love one another. That's good. We need to love one another. And up here in verse 4, I rejoice greatly to find that some of you, some of you believers, are walking in truth, which means you're walking with God. It means you're being obedient to God's word, okay? Just as it was commanded from the beginning, okay? So love for God is connected with walking in the truth, which is being obedient to God's commands, all right? Now, loving others, obedience is also necessary because you can't properly love other people unless you are being obedient to God's word. How does that work, right? How does that work? When you're obedient to God's word, you are living the best way you can live. You are living in a way that brings the optimal amount of joy a person can have on earth because you are living the way God intended you to live when he created human beings. Therefore, the way you treat other people is the best possible way they can be treated if you are seeking to be completely obedient to God. So when you obey God the most, you also love people the best you possibly can. Well, hold on a second. How does that work? How then can it be loving to look at another person and, and disagree with how they live their life? Well, in disagreeing with how they live their life is showing love to them because you're trying to speak truth to them. For example, let's say you have a family member who is a drug addict. Now, they don't think there's anything wrong with being addicted to the drugs that they're addicted to. Yet you see that it's destroying them physically and it's also destroying them socially. They lie to family members. They steal from family members in order to feed this addiction. They love the drugs more than anything else in the world. Now, you could say, well, I don't want to upset them. I, I, you know what? I just approve of how you live your life and you just live it how you want to live it and you be you, right? Or you could actually love them in Christ, see that they're harming themselves, see that they're further away from God than they could ever be, and you can intervene. You can go to them and say, listen, I'm not saying this because I hate you, but what you're doing is not only harming you, but it's harming everyone else. It's harming God. It separates you from God. You need to repent of this sin of loving drugs more than anything else. You need to let it go. You need to battle and fight it and let me help you because you need God. There's more joy in rejecting loving the world than embracing it. There's more joy in being obedient to God and loving him with all your heart than not. That is an act of love on your part to intervene in their life and and hopefully help them overcome their sin. 
That's what loving one another and how obedience is connected. That's how it's connected. All right, we're going to talk more on that. It took a long time this morning, but I hope it kind of gets you on the right track of John's thinking here and where we are going because he's going to confront this church about false teachers because there's false teachers going around trying to get in these churches and corrupt them. And he's going to give them guidance on how to deal with that. And that's important in our understanding of obedience and love and how they connect. Thank you for joining me. Take care. Stay blessed. At the end of the day, seek first the kingdom of God, a relationship with him. I'll see you again tomorrow. Bye.